<laughs> and that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> Hi, y'all. This is Andy Allen from Augusta, Georgia. Big ass runner for life, but no longer a runner with a big ass, as it appears I've managed to run it off. Sad times. It was a thing of beauty. Welcome to a very special episode of the Big Ass Runner Podcast, where we entertain and, most importantly, encourage trail runners from all over the world. For what it's worth, I've got a message of encouragement for the herd. When your feet get heavy and you think your legs won't be able to take one more step forward and those little negative thoughts start to creep in that tell you you can't, always remember that I know you can and you will. I believe in you, I'm cheering for you, and that goes for what happens both on and off the trails. Now, with more encouraging words, here are your hosts, Stephen, jacked like John Denver Pritt, and my Clydesdale brother from another mayor, Jeff Harrell. Well, thank you, Andy. Brother from another mayor. So good. So good. Yes, John Denver and I have the exact body physique, so that is very accurate, actually. Well, Stephen, this is a very special episode. This is a little different episode than what we normally do, and that's because we just felt, as we were talking about you know, different episodes and different shows and different times of year and different themes and things like that, we both just felt like in our deep, kind of deep in our souls that we're here to encourage and entertain, and we try to balance those things. Right. But we felt like with COVID, we felt like we were almost over it, and then this Delta spike happens, and then the economy's up and down, and then we're about to enter the holidays, which is great for some people, but sad for others and difficult for others. We just felt like we wanted to do an episode that's all about encouragement. Yeah, I think life brings about so many things. You don't have to turn on the news any further. It seems like people are more divided than ever. That can be getting people down. And so, yeah, you're right, Jeff. I mean, really, we want to provide encouragement and and we want to make sure that, that they feel that. I mean, I think a lot of times we run for peace of mind, to get away, some mindfulness, health, all the benefits, vitamin D, all those things that are so amazing, being around community members, being encouraged. And Jeff, we started the podcast during the pandemic for this very reason. And we were mildly surprised that it kept on going. But uh, yeah, 62 episodes later. I know, exactly. And then we think encouragement is something that it's not like you can ever get enough of it. It's not like somebody ever said, you know what? I've just had too much encouragement today. I can't deal with it anymore. There's other things that we hear about that are like that, but encouragement is not one of them. And if you're new to the show, I'm Jeff Harrell, and this is Stephen Pritt next to me. Yes. This is different. We've never done it this way, Steve. I think this is kind of fun. Yeah. This is kind of fun. This is Big Ass Runner. This is episode number 62. And again, we try to each week balance a little bit of entertainment, a little bit of encouragement. We love it when people listen to us while they're running, while they're getting their runs in during the week, while they're commuting or whatever it is. We just want to be there you know, just with some encouragement, with some entertainment. But again, as we were saying, Stephen, it just feels like it's that kind of time of year where a little extra dose of encouragement is necessary. And I think what's what we love about trail running and trail runners in general is they're very resilient. That's why they trail run. Most trail runs and ultra runners, you know, these aren't 
hundred yard dash where you're it's over in a couple of minutes. It tends to be long distances, right? Ups and downs, hard times, pain caves, struggle buses, you name it. These trail runners are resilient people, but that doesn't mean that they don't need a little bit of encouragement along the way. Yeah, I think one thing that's really been neat if you are new to trail running or maybe this podcast and looking for something is I think people always want a sense of belonging when you're a part of something like a group or a community. Part of the benefit of that, Jeff, is encouragement. Like we encourage each other. Many, many races we've run on, you know, people you don't even know at all. Like, hey, good job. I mean, our last trail race was that way. I was running out at one of our favorite spots, Irwin Park, over the weekend and passed several people. And they're always like, good job, good job. You keep it up. Way to go. And that's part of it. And I think Andy said something at the very beginning. I thought was really great, too, is like there's this organic part of the herd that is naturally grown. We didn't say, hey, all of you guys get together (laughs) and and form a, a community over Instagram or Strava. But it's really naturally happened. And so this is definitely an open community for people to join in the common bond around that is the love for trail running and what that means to everybody is a little bit different but there is that community so when andy says like the herd he's just talking about anybody who wants to be a part of this community and but encouragement is a large portion of that and we see that on instagram all the time people who live in different states don't even know each other and like hey good job or talking to each other and that's really something that's special that you can't overlook essentially but it's all about the community and you're doing your best certainly but being like you said Stephen, part of this bigger thing and i think that's what we found we love trail running versus maybe road running is just that just that community the encouragement along the way and again that's what we wanted this episode to be is just a full heavy dose of encouragement and so we've got a lot of really fun things planned for this episode we have, you're not going to believe this, Stephen. What? We have Dr. G. He's oh, going to be on a little bit later. Love Dr. G. He created a special message for the Big S Runners. And then we have one of our listeners, and we love Kelly. We met Kelly Black back last year at Bandera. Uh-huh. She enjoyed the the greatness of the Chapa special. And we've just connected with her over the last year. So she also has a very special message of encouragement in the first segment. And the second segment, Stephen, I'm so excited about. I'm not even going to tell you what it is. Really? It is a surprise, but you are going to be encouraged. You're going to be a little bit entertained too, but mainly encouraged. (laughs) Super excited about that. But we just wanted, again, to create a special episode with a heavy, heavy dose of encouragement. Yeah, it's so important, Jeff. And there's even studies that have been done around encouragement that it actually has physiological and mental benefits to the body. And so everybody can really use that and and have it. And and we're excited for this episode. Well, I'm going to end this kind of opening segment with a couple of quotes that I found, Stephen. This is a a quote from Christine Kane. says, sometimes when you're in a dark place, you think you've been buried, but actually you've been planted. Oh, that's awesome. Isn't that cool? That's very cool. And then the last one I'll leave you with, and this was an unknown. It was just one that I found. It says, the best views come after the hardest climbs. If that isn't true and a trail running quote as well, then that's awesome. That's very cool. Well, welcome to the Big Ass Runner. Welcome to episode 62, what we're calling the encouragement episode. With that, Stephen, let's get going. 
Steve, I'm really excited about the first segment of this very special encouragement episode because we're going to hear from two very special people. So, Stephen, Dr. G, if you remember, he was on episode 41 and he was so good. It was such a great right. interview, probably because we asked such good questions. It was so, it was like Ron Burgundy style. I mean, <laughs> we asked the hard questions. We did. <laughs> that we brought him back for part two on episode 42. Highly recommend going back and listening to those. If you've already listened to him, listen to him again. Yeah. Every 20 episodes, we'll have him back. That's true. <laughs> That's true. That's a good <laughs> round number. Well, we love Dr. G. He is a clinical psychologist. He is wise. When there is a mental health issue in the world, the media go to him because of his wisdom and his experience. I don't know how we got him on our show, Stephen, yeah. quite honestly. But he's also encouraging, too. He's so encouraging. And yeah. He's an athlete. He's I, a multi, yeah. multi-time Ironman finisher. Yeah. He's a runner. He's an athlete. He, so he understands trail runners. Yep. He actually listens to our show. It's amazing. Love it. <laughs> so without further ado, we want you to hear it. Get a little bit of love from Dr. G. Okay, now settle down. Let's talk about you and me and the challenge of being a big-ass runner. Because if you're a big-ass runner, you're going to have some days that are easy and fun and like, man, I am on top of the world. But you're also going to have days that are hard. You don't feel like running or nothing seems to be clicking. That's okay. When we look at change or starting new habits, we're going to have those days. Don't focus on them. It's just a piece of data. Listen to people that have been successful. We all have those ups and downs, whether it's a day or a week. But at the end, when we look back over all of the peace in the process, yeah, it's awesome. Don't judge how you're doing based on the challenging days. Judge it on the great days. And one of the reasons you want to be a big-ass runner is because you got big-ass goals. Well, you're learning about you, not just your body. You're also learning about your psychological health. And one of those things is we got to keep it in perspective. We got to be fair, step back, look at all the good stuff, look at where you've gotten to, not a little bit of struggle or I'm going through a difficult time. Figure out what you can do well, how to transition out of this, because you're going to look back after you get on top of that big ass goal and go, yep. I'm a big-ass runner, and it was a lot of fun along the way, and I learned a lot about me and my body and my psychological health. Enjoy those good days and keep the difficult days in perspective. That's a normal part of this journey. Have fun. Greatness as always, Stephen. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, so many thoughts come to my mind, but I think he really brings a, a few things in, in, into perspective. Yeah, for me, when he said, don't judge on the difficult days, judge yourself on those great days, that resonated because I think for some reason, human nature is to dwell on the negative. It's like taking that worst run or that DNF or just that, maybe that training run where you didn't feel good, where maybe you had to walk more than you wanted to. And you think about that, Yeah, you dwell on that. But you don't think about the run you had maybe the w earlier in the week where you did really, really well. We just tend to, I think, as human beings, 
focus on the negative. Yeah, it's interesting when he was mentioning that, you know, the first thing that came to my mind is, why is it always that the loudest voice in our head is the negative self-talk? It's like, even when you're running a race, the things that you think about the most of, like, I'm in pain, are you going to make it to the next aid station? Why are you doing this? Like, those things just always naturally arise versus, hey, I'm doing it, and I made it here. You know, all the things that are going right, we just always tend to focus on what's not working. And yeah, I mean, it's not like we don't ignore negative things that happen in our life, but at the same time, it's like, what is working? That was a really good way to remember that you are on a journey and that I love the point too about this isn't always just about putting the left foot in front of the right foot or getting stronger and faster, but Many times on a lot of runs, like I learn more about myself. That is so true. I think that's one of the amazing things about trail running. Yeah, what you just said, Stephen, is right on. You don't ignore the negative, but you don't assign it more importance than it should have. Right. And when he was talking, one thing that hit me, we've just gone through a really long summer. Mm -hmm. And when you train in the summer, it's hot here in Texas and it's humid and I would be, I would run about five o'clock, five thirty in the afternoon, and I was like, "Am I getting any better?" Because it just seemed like I right. was slogging through it. You know, you're running and you're looking at your time on Strava, and you're, you know, it matches your runs. And am I getting <laughs> faster or not? Yeah. So I'm comparing my, you know, my times and my matched runs, and you right. want to see that. You want Strava to give you that <laughs> encouragement, like you're getting stronger. This is a stronger effort than your last effort. Right. And through the summer, it just fit. And I was doing the heart rate training and I, my time was just slow. And I was just dwelling on that. And then on, let's see what we're recording this on a Wednesday, mm-hmm. Tuesday evening, I had a run at one of our local parks. I was telling you before we started recording, it's the best run I've had. I don't know how long the temperatures had cooled off. And yeah. I think all my training had accumulated into just this one evening where I ran uphills, downhills. I had energy the whole, I did 6.1 miles and he's right. I, that's what I need to dwell on. Like, okay, right. <laughs> this, this can happen. Yeah. This no, is great. Things it, are heading in the right direction. Yep. That's so true, Jeff, because especially with running, everything is compounding, but it's also a positive compounding. Like I remember I had a coach one time and somebody was talking about junk miles and he got really like, kind of like, he's like, there's no such thing as junk miles. And the idea is that you're putting in miles and they do account for something and you may not feel like they're accounting for something in the moment, but to your point, all of those hot summer miles, all those many loops around that track and that kind of stuff. It's not saying that you fully arrived where you want to be, but they have counted it forward to making you a better runner for where you are now. And those are never lost, even though some of those probably were not fun miles. Absolutely. And the last thing I want to hit on that Dr. G was talking about is big ass goals. (laughs) And I don't know if this happens to you, Steve. I'm sure it does. I'm sure our listeners, this happens to you all the time. When you tell someone that you're doing any kind of race, it could be, a, you know, a 25 K or a 50 K or, you know, we're training for a hundred K. I tell people I'm training for a hundred K that don't run. <laughs> and they're like, you're crazy. Yeah, well, why, why would you do that? And for us, I think it's just like, well, why wouldn't we do that? And so I think it's perspective, right? We do want and put ahead of us ourselves, big ass goals yeah. and getting to a big ass goal there's going to be a lot of ups and downs. Yeah. There'll be a lot of days that don't work out the way we want it to. 
but it's a big ass goal for a reason. Right. <laughs> just like he said. And so I just love that perspective that man, you know, at, at 53 years old, I'm trying to run 64 miles <laughs> and most, you know, if I don't want to, toot my own horn, but most 53 year olds aren't training for hundred K. Right. That's a big ass goal that I have. And I got to keep that in perspective. Yeah. It's one of those things. It's kind of like, it's like that Disney principle. Like if you can achieve it, then is it really a goal <laughs> yeah. you know, kind of thing? And so, I, I mean, there's a story, famous story about Disney where he would put out an idea, his board of directors, and they would say, oh yeah, we can totally do that. We can totally do that. And then he would get mad and said, then this is not a big enough goal. <laughs> yeah. And it's until he had the doubters, then he's like, okay, now this is the right goal. And I think it's kind of the same thing. You're right. You know, we're, we're right for this hundred K never run one before, never run more than 30 miles at one time. We're going to double that. Do I think we can do it? I think so. We've never done it, but it's a big goal, it's you know, at least for goal. us. Yep. So we want to get the belt buckle. So how are we going to do that? So I think, I think it's really good. You, you have to have those goals, whether you fully achieve them all the time or not, but having something to strive for is awesome. I love that, Stephen. If you remember when we had Courtney Boyle on, I think it was episode 43, mm -hmm. she did the Cocodona 250, which was actually 258.7 miles or something like Gosh. that. I remember she said she had never done more than 100K. Yeah. So talk about someone willing to go for it, right. put a big, big ass goal out there. And just do it. I remember she said, I, don't, I didn't even feel like I was a runner because she had to shut down her miles you know, before the race. And right. all of a sudden she's towing the line for 250 plus. And so I, I love that point, Stephen. With the big ass goals are things that you don't think you can do, but you, you strive to do it. You have your ups and downs. But man, it's just like you said, Stephen, a huge goal like that. You, you go, I, I've never run more than 64 miles. How am I going to do 250? Well, not sure, but let's let's go for it. Right, exactly. Well, I hope you enjoyed that. Thank you so much, Dr. G, for sharing that uh, encouragement with our listeners with the Big Ass Runner Herd. Now, Stephen, we're going to transition and actually hear from a Herd member. Oh, I like that. It's exciting. Yes. Do you remember we met Kelly at Bandera? Yep. She did the 100K. That was a tough race. That was a cold race. Mm -hmm. She crushed it. She loved the Chapa special. <laughs> You're going to love this bit of encouragement. Here is Kelly Black. Hey, y'all. We got some encouragement coming at you. You ready for this? No, I mean, really, are you ready for this? Okay. So, hey, super excited that Jeff and Steven had asked me to share some encouragement with you all at the Big Ass Running Herd. So I am a herd member out in northern Minnesota, and I recently finished my first 100-mile trail ultra. So I'm thinking that maybe that was one of the reasons why they asked me to share, because I'm still kind of cruising on that finisher high and got all the good vibes coming out your way. But for real, that 100-miler finish did not happen overnight. And you know what? I see myself as very much an everyday runner. I am a mother of currently three little kids at home. I work full time and in the last three years have been in the process of an international adoption in the midst of a pandemic. So on the side, all my free time um, have been training for this 100 miler. And 
you know what, what a crazy ride it's been. The number of setbacks and delays and race cancellations, I think almost every, if not all, of my training races leading up to this event were canceled. And you know what, this this race was canceled last year as well. And so when I anticipated spending maybe about nine months training for this race, it ended up total being 21 months. So just shy of two years of focused training. So I like to joke that I got an extra bonus thousand miles under me prior, but But in all seriousness, I know in episode 60, uh, Jeff was sharing that he started working with a running coach. So, hey, congrats on that, Jeff. That's awesome. Um, I, too, have been working with a running coach and thought I would only be working with one for about nine months, which has ended up being almost two years now, which has been phenomenal. But throughout that process, and I love in episode 62, you were also talking about uh, DNFs because I I had two pretty big DNFs. <laughs> I don't know if you can have a little one, but uh, they felt really big leading up. I, D- I DNFed my first 100K and then one of my most recent 50 milers right leading up to the Superior 100, I DNFed. And you know what? I can remember after those events thinking, I needed the DNF more than I needed the finish. And I saw that in my training in preparation for the 100 miler. And y'all, maybe you're not training for a 100 miler. Maybe you're not even training for a race right now, but you're just getting out there and getting after it. And I just want to encourage you that whatever you're running for whatever it's your why you know for me it's very uh, personally tied to our adoption journey as well as my own mental and physical health but know that a, a dream delayed is not a dream denied even weeks up to the race it almost was going to get canceled again we had these forest fires that just came out of nowhere literally started by lightning a few weeks before the race and I thought it was going to be canceled again. And just that angst of come on, is this ever going to happen? And continued to show up for my training. And if you remember why you started something in the first place, then you'll remember why you must continue. Because my why has gotten me up every morning at 5 a.m. to get out and train before my kiddos get up and my why is what carried me to that finish and for those of you that may follow me on Instagram you may have seen that I had pinned a picture of my son Judah who's currently in China who we are eagerly trying to get home I pinned a a picture of him on the back of my my race pack and my why was with me that entire hundred miles and we did it. We got her done and it's probably the most joyful exhaustion I've ever experienced right up there with the, the labors of my other three kiddos. But all of that to say, keep showing up, keep remembering your why, why you're getting out there. And these are crazy times y'all. So Take care of yourself and keep dreaming because there are awesome things ahead. So thanks for being part of the herd. Thanks for giving me the opportunity to share with you. Well, Stephen, Kelly 
is an inspiration, quite honestly. Yeah, I don't even know where to go from there. <laughs> so uh, She said it all. Uh, yeah, pretty much. I Really, really some right, great insights. Uh, you know, Jeff, one thing that just hit me off the bat was when she was talking, the first thing I thought about is she's a mom. She works full time. She has little kids. <laughs> yeah. She's going through an adoption. Then she just has regular day-to-day life. You got to go pick up kids. You got to go to the store. You have your job, all these kinds of things. And yet anyone could take those as excuses of why not to do something. Somebody once told me excuses are when half effort's given. <laughs> yep, <laughs> you know? yep. And it really is true. I've had to say that myself to a lot of things. But my point being is that many excuses she could easily come up with. And it's actually justifiable but she's kept her why in front of her. And there's a great picture that she's talking about on Instagram, her and and, and the picture of Judah. But yeah, I mean, just lots of excuses could be anything, but she's achieved her goals like, like Dr. G was just talking about and she's doing them, but her perspective on that and why she's doing it and the fact that she's doing them is just outstanding. Yeah. We love the why I run segments. And I think it's because as you just pointed out, and as Kelly pointed out, having a very clear why, and it's going to be unique to you. Your, your why is going to be different than someone else's why, but being clear on that is so important because in those hard times, in those difficult times, as she said, when the alarm goes off at 5 a.m. and you're tired and you don't want to get out of bed, you got a long day ahead. And by the way, Stephen, she's also building a house. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> why not? Just add that on. Right. Uh, being clear on your why is so important is if you're not, it would be so much easier just to hit that off button on the alarm and go back to bed. But being super clear on that, understanding what, you know, why that, why you're running, why you're doing, why you set those big goals. Why do you want to run a hundred miles? That, that to me, if you don't have that really clear, it's going to be really difficult. Yeah. I think another thing that came to mind when she was talking was, you know, we did an episode a couple of weeks back about DNFing and she was basically saying like she actually needed the DNFs yeah. <laughs> for getting her through this really long and amazing race. And that's really a good perspective, not because, okay, I have to deal with it and I should find some positivity in a negative. That's not what I heard from her. It's more like you actually get further grounded in your goal, not less when you go through something like that. So I thought that was a really good point that even when you have those kind of like we were saying before, it's still foundational. Part of it's perspective, I think, because when you when you don't finish a race, when you which is literally what DNF is, right? When you do finish a race, it helps you understand how valuable and meaningful that is. It's like if you've never experienced failure, right? How do you really know that this thrill of success exists when you've always felt that, right? No, that's absolutely true. The lows are building blocks for the highs, basically. We've talked a lot on the show before about just doing those little things. And she said it by saying, keep showing up. Mm-hmm. You hear football coaches talk about you know, chopping wood. Right. Just you know, doing those little things, but doing them consistently over time. Right. That was my big, my first big takeaway from Kelly was, was being clear on your why. The second one was keep showing up. Right. Keep showing up. Keep showing up. Some days are going to be good. Some days aren't going to be so good. But don't quit. Keep showing up. That consistency, especially in trail running, is so important. 
Yeah, she has a lot of really good quotes <laughs> on her Instagram if you don't follow her. But if you don't follow her, she's love goes the distance on Instagram. But she actually talks a little bit more about this journey that she was on. And I would encourage you guys to take a look at it because she did keep on showing up and keep on looking at it. And it's it's pretty impressive for her to, to see how all that goes down. Yeah. And speaking of quotes, one quote she said in her little segment there was a dream delayed is not a dream denied. And I think a lot of times we let things that we can't control that maybe happen like a canceled race or an injury or, or whatever go up. Oh, well, that's it. You know, not going to hit that goal, but it just means it's delayed. It just means not now. But maybe another time. In the picture that she has of her son, Judah, on the back of her hydration vest, there's a quote she has on that one. It says, a runner's stanima is the result of all the struggles they are willing to overcome, both inside and outside of their shoes. Mm. And I think it's really good it's from a book that she read. And, and I think that's really true. It's the, the cumulative effect. It's not just what happens on the dirt. It's actually what happens outside of that balancing all those things she's doing and putting that all together. It's not just taking one part of your life. It's bringing it all together. So hopefully you guys are hearing from us at least that be encouraged. I think part of the encouragement of this is when things aren't going well, it's okay. Like it's the cumulative effect of that. And sometimes those are things that are necessary. So if you're Maybe you got injured right now, or maybe like she was talking about, races got deferred or things didn't go the right way. It's easy to sit in that and then stay in the negative part of that. And again, it's not about blissful optimism. It's more around realizing that that can be a building block for something else that maybe you don't see right now, but that it can eventually be a positive. Well, I love the Big Ass Runner Herd, Stephen. There's so much encouragement and talent out there. Thank you so much to Dr. G for his perspective. And Kelly, thank you for that as well. Just, Steve, I'm ready to, to lace it up. Let's go for a night run. I, I Yeah, I'm thinking about it right now. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, with that, hopefully you've been encouraged by our expert, Dr. G, and by one of our listeners, the great Kelly Black. A little encouragement headed your way on the episode 62, the encouragement episode of the Big Ass Runner. I get knocked down. Well, Stephen, on this encouragement episode, one of the things we love to do is to give shout outs and kudos to the big ass runners out there. Who do we have today? So Jeff, this week we actually have several people and we wanted to give a shout out and kudos to, and that is the big ass runner herd. I love it. The community. The community, all the herd members, whether you're a Shetland pony, a Clydesdale, a mare, whatever you are, a Royal Lippenstein stallion, whatever kind of trail running, equine, equine, whatever it is, horse. <laughs> equine? <laughs> equine. I'm equining because I don't know what I'm saying, but we just want to say, first of all, one, thank you so much for listening. 
too. You guys mean a great deal to us and we hope that you guys feel like you're a part of the community. And lastly, we just want you to be encouraged. Know that you're valued, you're appreciated, and we're super thankful for you guys and what you do and the work that you put on the trail, no matter if you're running two miles or 200, it's worth something. And we're just excited and, and proud of all the big ass herd members. Yeah, whether this is your first episode, your 62nd episode with us, we just want to say thank you. And thank you too for the encouraging notes and messages and ways that you tag us on social media, all that, Stephen, is so encouraging to us. And so we just wanted to give a big shout out of encouragement back to you. So way to go, big ass runner herd. Well, Stephen, we talked about doing a episode specifically around encouragement. One of the first people that came to my mind, I thought we've got to get on this episode is Jake Thompson. Yeah. And that's because Jake is the chief encouragement officer. Who's got that title? Chief encouragement officer. Apparently Jake does. Jake does. (laughs) For Compete Every Day. But, you know, Jake's big time. He's an author. He is a speaker. He has an apparel line. Mm -hmm. And he's got a lot of followers on the Instagrams. (laughs) And I thought there's no way we can get Jake Thompson on the show. So maybe you can do a Jake Thompson impression. But you know know what happened, Stephen? What? I asked Jake if he'd come on the show. Yeah. And guess what? What? Here he is. What? Not only is he not on the phone, uh-huh. he's here in the Big Ass Studio. So, Jake, welcome to the Big Ass Runner. What's happening? Glad to be here. Man, I'm so excited. So excited to have you. Now, Jake, we met nine years ago. Can you believe it's been that long? I, I couldn't even believe it had been that long. Uh, man, but... It was just 2012 the other day. 2012. And Jake and I were, we have a mutual friend who was bringing back the Dallas Sidekicks, which is a indoor soccer team. And Jake, I think you were doing some creative work for the team and I was doing some marketing. So we met and we actually had, I don't know if you remember this, we had lunch together nine years ago and you had this big dream. You had this big idea. You wanted to start a company. And I had zero to do with the, your success, by the way. I don't, want, I don't want to make anyone think I had anything. We just had lunch. But here it is nine years later, and Compete Every Day is a thriving business. And we'd love, first of all, just for you to tell the listeners. I think a lot of people have heard of you and, and, or know, and follow you on Instagram and things. But tell us a little bit about Compete Every Day. Yeah, so that lunch was probably six, seven months, eight months after I'd launched it. And and that was just hustling t-shirts out of the trunk of my car at a, behind a CrossFit gym, as, as we were laughing <laughs> earlier in Dallas. Yeah, now Compete Every Day is really a training and development company. We have the mission that we want to equip and encourage people that are driven to be great, how to be great. And so that looks like a number of different things for us. But the way we look at life is... Everybody loves to win. Everybody wants the medal. Everybody wants the attention. 
not many people are willing to run for it or compete for it or show up and, and get through the muck. And so the people that are, those are the ones we want to help. And so from an equip side, we create motivational gear that's got different messaging. We have, uh, my book came out last year, Compete Every Day, that talks about seven choices we all have the ability to make every day. And then most of my focus is content-wise, as, as we've talked about contents, both of our world, uh, either creating it for social or I do a lot of speaking engagements to companies, uh, athletic teams about how do we apply this competitor mindset, not for a me versus you mentality, but a me versus me, because we know that's the one true way to reach your full potential. You are talking to the right audience because you're talking to the everyday runner, the everyday trail runner. And if there's any group of athletes that I know of that don't give up, that show up every day, it's endurance athletes. It's trail runners who are like, hey, let's do a 50K. Let's do a hundred. Let's do a hundred miler. And those are long-term thinkers. They show up every day. So I think this is the perfect audience for you to talk to. Well, and, and the beauty of runners is a couple of parts. One, you're probably in your head more than pretty much any other sport except maybe golf. Because you got a lot of time. Because you have a lot of time <laughs> and it's just you. And yep. that's it. The difference between you and golf is golf does a swing and then they're just walking. Y'all are in constant motion the whole time. The other beauty is there's other people on the course, and sometimes that's going to pull you out of your comfort zone to make you run a little bit faster to chase, which is what we want. But ultimately, the only person on the course you control is you. And how are you going to show up? How are you going to compete and things like that? And so it, it creates a very unique dynamic that I think yeah fits right into the mentality of how are you going to show up and compete on the days you DNF and the days after you DNF and then the days you get the medal and you win. Love that. And... You know, it's easy to sit here and go, okay, Jake, you've been successful. You got the apparel going, you got the speaking. Now, COVID certainly probably put a little <laughs> dent in your speaking plans, but it's easy to sit here and go, man, you're you're an overnight success, but it was probably nine years in the making. There were probably a lot of ups and downs and, and major milestones. Walk us through some of the things, because again, you know, this is an, an episode about encouragement. Yep. And not every day is is uh, roses and, and unicorns and, and yep. butterflies. Talk us through maybe some some of the major milestones in your journey of where you were when you had this dream of a company and where you are today. Yeah, so I originally had the dream in 2010. I had the idea for the brand. What would it look like if someone competed every day against themselves? What could that be? Who could they be? But I spent about six to eight months tinkering with projects, trying to fit essentially a square peg into a round hole until my best friend at the time, or best friend still, roommate at the time, recommended I look at apparel. And he's like, ah, there's a t-shirt company out of Boston called Life is Good. He's like, they do some cool stuff. Maybe you can too. So I put in some money to t-shirts and tanks, started selling them out of the trunk of my car. And I would love to say I was instantly rich overnight, but no. It was a slow grind. It was probably two and a half to three years of still consulting, working on projects before I was even able to move over full time into compete. It's a longer journey than most people think. And I laughed about it yesterday with a guy, incredibly successful entrepreneur. And I asked him, like, what was a tipping point for you? And he said, I keep waiting on one, but there hasn't been. And I'm thinking, you've got hundreds of millions of dollars that you've built in all these companies. And I started thinking the same thing because of the first number of years, like I was looking for a tipping point, like, oh my gosh, Kelly Pickler wore one of our shirts that a friend gave her on Dancing with the Stars. Maybe that's going to be it. Nothing. 
It was cool to have a picture of your shirt on TV. A little, a little bump and then yeah. nothing else. I mean, not even, it didn't even affect sales. Oh, it was wow. just really cool. We jumped in and did a fundraiser a few years ago when Hurricane Harvey hit. We were able to raise $25,000 for a, a various organizations helping Houston. Most of those customers, it was a one and done. It was I'm buying the fundraiser shirt. We'll never get you back. So there have been moments, but there's not a tipping point. It Just like any success in life, it's just little chips all that, you know, you chip yep. away at a tree long enough with an axe, eventually it's going to fall. But for most of us, you just keep chipping away, just like running a hundred mile race. Like you're just doing it one step at a time. Like yep. so that's, a, that's the way you get done. One of the biggest moments that I always go back to and remember was 2013. We had a vendor booth at the CrossFit games, the booth, the inventory I bought for the event, the staff, I flew out to work at the hotels, everything that went into it was the biggest investment I'd made in an event at that point. I was already taking on business debt because we were a product-based business at the time. We were just inventory. And I was like, we're going to kill it at this event. We've done so well at these smaller regionals. We're going to kill it. And I remember Sunday, I will never forget until the day I died, leaving LA Sunday night, driving out through the desert, realizing how much money we just lost oh. because we didn't do remotely what I thought we would in sales. We didn't break even on it. I'm stuck with all this additional inventory. And I was like, what did I get myself into? And it's that moment that I think every one of us go through. And you're going to have this internal conversation multiple times in the course of any worthwhile pursuit, running, starting a business, picking a goal, anything that's challenging, you're going to have it. And for me, it was driving through the desert saying, I don't know if I can do this. I don't, how do I get out of this? What, what am I going to do to pay off this debt? Maybe I need to go get a job. And I had a conversation start popping into my head that I had with a friend years ago, like when I first started and he was like, how's the business? I was like, not, not as big as I thought we'd be. He said, well, it's a good thing you're your own worst accountability. I said, what do you mean? He said, well, your brand is compete every day. So regardless of what you go through, you have to show up and keep fighting. You can change the business, but you can never get rid of the brand because whether one person, 10, person, 10 people, 100 people, 100,000 people believe in it, People believe in this message you're saying. And if you quit, you're telling them what I've told you is a lie. And he said, I know you don't believe that. And he said, so you're stuck. And I remember <laughs> that conversation going through my head. And I remember somebody asking me once while I was telling this story and saying, how, like, how much pressure did that put on you? Was that like the heaviest feeling in the world? And I laughed. I was like, actually, it was the most freeing. Because what it reminded me is that quitting was not an option. Adapting changing, getting creative, all of that was. And when I stopped spending all of my energy and focus into how do I quit, how do I get out of this, and instead started looking at how do I get through this, completely changed my demeanor. We spent the next, I would say six months, probably the next 14, I was on the road most weekends out of the year working CrossFit events, race marathon expos, fitness events, setting up a vendor booth, working Thursday to Sunday or Saturday, Sunday, all over the country, that little bit helped build the business back and get us into a position to survive for a while. And especially as we kind of shifted the business later. And so that dark moment kind of got through it, but it's like being in the middle of the race. If you're, you know, 40 miles in, you still have 60 miles to go or heck even 10 miles to go. Like you're going through the thoughts of how do I get out of this instead of what's the next step I have to take? What's the next move? Can I get to that tree? Can I get to that next marker? Can I, and you just focus on what's the next best thing to get you to that point. And so that, that's always been the pivotal one, pivotal moment for me. And then really 
just conversations with people, having conversations where what the message meant to someone and how they applied it, whether, you know, they were struggling in a marriage, whether they needed it for a competition or, or, you know, we got an email, we got an email about two years ago, crushed me uh, from a guy that he saw one of our shirts on a Facebook ad and was like getting ready to commit suicide. Oh my. And he, he saw the shirt and he just happened to click on it. And then he reads a little bit about it. And, and the shirt was around the lines of uh, one, one of our taglines is life is worth competing for. And so he saw that one. And then he saw this other one that was around the idea of smooth seas never made a skilled sailor, like whatever storms you're going through are preparing you to do something even better. And he emailed us and was like, Hey, listen, just wanted you to know this. I'm, I'm getting counseling now. And I was like, like if we don't sell another shirt, like that's worth it right there. No doubt. And, and so you get those reminders that have been helpful for me of it's easy for any of us to compare like where we want to be financially, what we want to be doing, how much we think we need to be doing. And then you get reminders along the way that whether it's one person saying something of how you impacted them, it's worth it. So for me, those are the key moments, the highs and the lows that have greatly influenced us. I love that. I, I think, you know, I've been observing you over the last nine years. And one thing I love about the brand compete every day, it's not win every day because you're not going to win every day. There's going to be days where it doesn't go your way. You don't have the best training run or maybe you, you just got busy and you couldn't even make it out. Yep. But this idea, like you just said, competing every day. And every day may not look the same. It's going to look a little different. But the next day you get this opportunity, like you just said, your own own accountability to actually get out there and compete. Yeah. One of the things I really started doing the last probably year and a half, maybe right around when COVID started, if not right before that, is I started signing off all of my videos, a lot of my emails with go in your day, competitor, I'm cheering for you. And just the idea that you're not going to win every day but I want you to win today. And if you don't, I want you to get up and try to win tomorrow. Like that's what competing is all about is you're not going to win every day, but how will you respond the day after? And on the days you win, do you take your foot off the gas or do you show up and compete again? Yeah. And so I, I really try to echo those and, and the idea of I'm cheering for you every day, because for a lot of people, man, if, if they're do, if they're out and running, if they're going after goals, if they're trying to do something that the people right around them aren't, they feel very isolated Fortunately, we have social media and, and that connects us to other people like that listen to this podcast that, okay, there's other people that love to get on trails. I mean, there's other people that are balancing a bunch of stuff and go do this. But a lot of times when you're feeling alone, like you're like, oh, I don't know if I want to go do this. And so I'm adamant about like, I'm going to, I'm cheering for you. And the coolest thing that happened earlier, I, I'll say cool and, and devastating. So my dog died Jan uh, New Year's Day. Mm. And, and Huck was my boy. And I had to leave like five days later to go speak at a gig. And I mean, I'm still like, I'm just now at a point where I can like laugh and look at his videos and stuff like that. Cause he was a great dog. But I remember going to the event, just snapping a picture on Instagram and just being like, give me two hours. Like if you got prayers or cheers, like just give me two hours to get through this keynote and, and emotion, I'll get through it. Because for me speaking is it's a performance, but it's a huge emotional toll because I'm I'm trying to leave it on the stage for the audience. And I remember I got like three or four like video messages and audio messages on Instagram. And it was just from people that listen to the podcast. Like now it's our turn. We're cheering for you. Mm. And so for people listening, one, if you ever felt like you're alone, like 
there's other people out there that are looking to do it. You obviously have found them being on the show, but second, never underestimate the power of your word to make an impact on others. And it's incredible what our perspective and our attitude does when we take the focus off of how we feel, woe is us, man, this sucks, everything's working against me and say, okay, who can I just encourage today? You take that focus off of you onto someone else, it changes your demeanor, it changes your stress, your anxiety, because you're not thinking about, worried about stressing about your past, your future, all these unknowns. You're just looking for an opportunity to help someone and you never know when that one word could change their life. One thing we love about trail running is what you just pointed out, the community. You know, you're, you're not out there alone. Nope. You may be running by yourself today, but there, like you said, there is a community of people out there wanting the best for you. I remember, and I've told this story before on the show, one of my first 50 Ks, they had to move the race and because of rain. And so the course was an out and back. And then that was the 50 K. And if you're going to do the hundred K, you had to turn around and do the whole thing again. And I remember I was finishing up the 50K. So I'm at, you know, you're at mile 32. You're, you're, you're dog tired. Yep. It's starting to get dark. And the 100K people are turning around and it's a single track. So they're running past me and they're like, way to go, man. You're almost done. And I'm like, wait a minute. I should be encouraging you. I'm almost done, right? I'm almost done. I should be encouraging you. But it's just this mindset of encouragement. And like you said, when you encourage others, something happens in your soul, I feel like. That encourages you back. And I can tell you on this show, and I'm sure you've heard this too from customers, when you get a note from someone who listens to the show that, hey, I love that episode. I love what you said about, you know, a DNFing. It just happened to me. Man, that encourages us so much. I just love that. I mean, and I'll say that because hosting a show can be lonely. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, sometimes you've got your co host, sometimes about yourself. You know, we do shows. Uh, I've got guests on some, and I do solo shows. And, you really don't know if anybody's listening. Like you can kind of see sometimes you'll see downloads and things like that, but you're like, is this resonating? Like is what I'm saying in line? And when someone takes two minutes and just sends a quick email in and says, hey, really enjoy the episode, what you guys are doing, keep it up. Or they take two seconds to leave a review on iTunes or something like that. Like that goes so much farther than I think people realize. I think most most of us don't think that we can make an impact because we have some limiting belief of who we are, the influence we have. And we fail to understand that just taking two minutes to say something to somebody to make someone feel appreciated is makes so much of an impact. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I opened this show and you, you weren't on it earlier when we, when we first kicked the show off, we wanted to do an encouragement episode because, you know, we've been through a, a tough time the last couple of years made it through COVID. We thought, you know, Hey, it's the vaccines out. Things are we're trending down. All of a sudden Delta comes out and the holidays are approaching. And that's, that's a good time for some people, but it's a, it's a tough time for others. And so I'd love Jake, just to give you the opportunity. You've got the big ass runner herd listening, just maybe some, a few words of encouragement to the herd out there. Yeah. So the, the first one I'd echo what we just talked about in terms of where's your focus. There's four things in life you'll always control, which is your attitude, your effort, your actions, and where you choose to focus. Like we 100% own that and control that. And so throughout the tough times, ask yourself, what are you focused on? How you feel or how you can encourage others? What you're stressed about or where their opportunities lie in? And that is a, a big key into a lot of us, especially because I know the holidays are tough times. Some of us have lost people in the last 12 months. Uh, some of us are not getting to spend time with family. 
And so it's very easy to get down on ourselves and start to kind of embrace a little bit of that victim mindset. And that really doesn't help our situation because whether we decide to take the mentality that we're going to look for someone, look to encourage someone, look to see how we can help, whether we volunteer, do whatever. Hey, how can I just leave a nice note on somebody's Facebook wall? Or we decide to throw a pity party. We're in the same place. The difference is one makes an impact that helps others and makes a positive ripple effect and the other does nothing. And so the the best thing I would encourage you is, is ask yourself, why am I feeling this way? And then who can I go encourage? And, and that ties into the second piece around those controllables is our attitude, effort, actions, and focus. We control them. And the way we control them is by influencing the story we tell ourselves. And, and so think about you think about when you're racing, think about when you're racing to work in traffic that, or in, in, on a morning commute, that thing we all used to do before we worked from home. If you get cut off, there's usually only two responses. The first response, you may be throwing the middle finger at somebody. You may be screaming, cussing, yelling. The other response is pretty just let them go. And, and the difference between the two responses and the first response, we feel disrespected. We're telling ourselves this person's an idiot. We need to show them who's in charge. How could they disrespect us? They could have hurt us. Blah, blah, blah. It goes on and on. That's the story we're telling ourselves. And the second, when we're not going out of our way, we're not getting upset. We're not throwing the finger at them. We're asking ourselves, I hope they're okay. I wonder if where they're going, somebody got hurt. I hope they get there okay. Man, that was close, but man, everybody's okay. Completely different internal story, completely different attitude, actions, and output. And so for us in the moments, we have to turn whatever our default response is into a desired one. And the way we do that is ask ourselves, what's our internal story? If you think about when you're running and you keep telling yourself, this sucks, I don't want to do this, this is terrible you're more than likely going to lean toward DNFing. You're going to be miserable. You're going to hate it. Whereas if the entire time you're running, you're thinking, man, this is so much fun. I only have to go this many more steps. I can't believe I'm doing this. What an opportunity I have to do this. The more you change that self-talk and the internal story you tell yourself, the better the experience you have. Nothing else changes except the story you tell yourself, which influences how you show up. And so from an encouragement standpoint, there's so many things in the world right now that are outside of your control. And as Jeff talked about, I had what looked like my best year yet speaking by the end of January of 2020. And by March 13th, when I got off a plane from Omaha, Nebraska, I watched the rest of the year business disappear. And so I gave myself the rest of that day. I gave myself, it's called the midnight rule in my book, but I gave myself until midnight to have quote pity party, uh, made a margarita with my wife. We watched (laughs) a little TV and a movie that night, went to bed. But the next morning I said, okay, I can't change what's happened. What's still in my control, which is what I focus on, what attitude I choose, what actions I take, and how much effort I'm going to give. And so I started looking at my situation differently. I said, okay, I lost, we'll say 30 gigs. Okay, so 30 gigs, that means I was probably going to be on the road 60 to 65 days. So that's 60 to 65 days I'm now at home. What can I do to make the most of them in terms of writing, working, serving my audience? Okay, well, I probably gained X many more hours from not driving to the airport, not being at an airport or sitting on an airplane or a hotel. How can I use those? And and for me, what that did is it changed my focus off of what I lost to what I still could do. And it helped me create a lot more content. It helped us get the book out in the middle of the pandemic. We got a journal that is in the process of being released. So it it changed all of it. And the only thing it changed is how I choose to see that situation. And so whatever you're going through, the way you choose to see the situation is still 100% up to you. And it's not easy and it's not instant. But all you have to do is in the middle of it, ask yourself, is there a more optimistic view that I can take? 
Is there an opportunity that I'm missing? What's still in my control? And you'll start to notice you make the choice today. Maybe you make two choices tomorrow. Maybe you make three the next day. You start to build the habit of reframing all of these situations and these stories. Your life changes without anything really changing except your mindset. I feel like you were in my truck with me today (laughs) when I was in traffic. But I love that, Jake. Controlling the story that we're telling ourselves. And actually, you know, what you just said is caring about that other person, not caring about, hey, like you said, hey, this person cut me off. That's disrespecting them. Maybe, like you said, maybe they are in a hurry. Maybe they are trying to get to the hospital to visit somebody. You don't, you don't know. And so yep. controlling that story. You know, we, we talked about, do uh, you watch Ted Lasso? Oh my gosh. Favorite <laughs> show on TV. There's the dart ep- yeah. episode, dart scene ah. where he talks about being curious and not judgmental. That's, that's what it made me think of being curious about someone carrying it like, Spending enough time to think, think think the best of someone and caring about that person versus being judgmental and making some assumptions about somebody. Yeah, I, I have to echo. If your listeners don't watch Ted Lasso, regardless of whether you love football, um, European football, soccer, or not, best show on TV because every episode has an emotional tie, but it's lessons on leadership. How do we better treat people? And it, I mean, honestly, it's straight out of the Dale Carnegie, out of Win Friends and Influence People book. Like yeah. That is it. But it's so key of of curiosity and even being curious, not with other people, with ourselves, like asking the question, why did I get so upset at that person? Why did I say this? And and starting to uncover that. The other thing about changing the narrative is if we're all going through tough times of like, I'm never going to get this or I haven't reached my goal or I haven't done, I haven't finished a race. I haven't finished a race. I can't finish a race. You know, you keep telling yourself because you've had some DNFs. If you, you can completely change how you see that sentence and how you show up if you add the word yet on the end of it. Mm. I haven't finished a race yet. I haven't reached my goal yet. I haven't broken two hours yet. yet. Yep. Because what it does is it, it's the subtle reminder that what you've done in the past doesn't have to determine what you do in the future and what you're doing in the future is still ahead. And, and that's where, man, when people are struggling, like that's the one word I'm, I say you have to over and over again put in your vocabulary because it's the reminder that your story is not over yet and there's something coming, but the only way you're going to see it is if you keep showing up. Listeners, do you see why I had to have Jake on this episode? <laughs> well, Jake, we'd love to get to know you a little bit better. Does, does that sound good? Let's do it. One of, uh, the, one of our favorite segments that we do on this show is called Why I Run. And we get listeners that you know, they just do a little audio clip on why they run. Why do they get that out there every day? Why do they put the miles in? Why are they you know, pushing their body to fatigue to, to, to run? You know, why I run? I would love to know just w- what is your why? Yeah, mine is I believe I was gifted with a unique opportunity and I don't want to see people fall short of their potential. And the reason being is I think the biggest regret we have in life is that we get to the end of our life and we wonder what would have happened if I'd given my best? What would have happened if I showed up more for myself? And regret carries such a heavier burden than failure. The not showing up on race day because you're scared is a bigger regret than showing up on race day and DNFing. And for me, it's helping people understand the only way you're going to reach that true potential and be able to end on empty more than anything is to show up and compete. And so I am driven passionately to make sure people get to the end of their life exhausted with some failures and wins along the ways, but leaving the regrets behind. Feeling full. 
the lung full. Exhausted, empty, but but full of heart. Body empty, heart full. Heart full. Love that. Yeah, we've we've been training for a hundred k, and my mantra in this whole thing is: I don't want to be towing the line and going. I wish I had fill in the blank. I want to get toe the line and go. I'm ready. I'm prepared. I put in the work. I competed every day, yeah. and now I'm ready to compete today. Yeah, I mean, athletes finish every game, every sport, two ways. You either walk off the field, the race, the court, knowing you gave everything you had in practice, preparation, and performance. You played the best you could, and there's nothing you could have done differently. Some days you're ahead on the scoreboard. Some days you're behind. And then there's a lot more athletes that walk off wondering, what could I have achieved if I'd actually practiced, if I'd been consistent in training, if I hadn't been scared in the moment, if I'd given my best leading up to it? And they'll always ask, what if? Whereas the other athlete, win or lose, like they can walk off confident. There's no burden. There's no carrying that with them. It's done. They gave their best. They can rest easy. And so that's it. Like, how do you put yourself in that position? And it's by showing up and doing the best in every moment. Now, are you ready for this? I got Let's some really it. deep questions <laughs> for you. You ready? Okay, here we go. Celebration food. You have you have a something a big win. What's your celebration food? I'm a donut guy. Oh, you, I'm a donut. I guy knew I liked like you for a reason. Yeah, we, we are huge donut fans yeah. on the show. I'm I am a Hertz donut, especially junkie oh. right now because I like the cereal topping ones, Fruit Loops, Captain Crunch. They have, don't they have the Fruity Pebbles or yeah, something? The Fruity Pebbles. The, the only downside on the Fruity Pebble one for me is it's cake donut versus dough. Oh, okay. But uh, yeah, anything cereal topping on those, I still have waiting on a Count Chocula one. Ooh, are you listening, Hertz Donut? Come That's on, right. come on, bring it. What about pre-race food? Oh, I'm pretty light. I would say for me, it's probably a few eggs and oatmeal. Okay. A little protein, a little carbs, a yep. little combo there. Just a little bit, not much. We have a big debate on this show about pumpkin. It's that time of year. It is. It's that time of year. It's showing up everywhere. What is your take on pumpkin? Limited doses of it. Okay. Uh, Andy's makes a killer pumpkin concrete ice cream Ooh. uh that's that i'll eat that's pretty good but i won't eat a whole lot of pumpkin pie i'm not a pumpkin spice latte guy <laughs> so <laughs> you and steven l- agree on that limited one. doses i went to smoothie king to get a smoothie and they've got the pumpkin yep. smoothie i did not try it i do like pumpkin but i'm like you in in you know in reasonable doses yeah i've avoided i see an advertisement i've avoided it i do the uh i will say i'm normally a gladiator guy there but i did try the uh last year they still do it it's the keto one it's the fit aid one yeah tastes a little gingerbready and i'm like i can do that. a little oh. more christmas spirit for me than fall i like it and, and better than pumpkin yes <laughs> candy corn Without a doubt, it's one of the best Halloween candies there is. Ooh, Sheila's going to love that answer. We have one of our listeners loves some candy corn. There are people that like candy corn, and then there's people that are wrong. (laughs) Speaking of people that are wrong, there's a one right answer to this next question. The greatest cookie. Chocolate chip, homemade, preferably. (laughs) Homemade, of course homemade. Yeah, see, I'm a snickerdoodle guy. Oh, yeah. Nope. I am a cookie. For me, a cookie, it's got to be chocolate chip, homemade, unless we're talking Girl Scouts, and then it's Thin Mints out of the freezer. Oh, yeah. Thin Mints in the freezer is great. Well, Kelly Hahn's going to appreciate the answer you just had on that one. That was a good one. All right. Last one here. Get to know Jake. Favorite movie candy. You can see we have a theme here. A lot of, d- a lot of sugar. So I don't do the candy, but pop movie theater popcorn's my thing. 
Uh, to the point, like I would go to like crappy movies just for the popcorn. And my wife got me for my birthday this summer, a popcorn machine. Oh, wow. So we have one of the movie theater style popcorn machines in the house and our dogs love it. Your house smells heavenly. It does. It does. It's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. You know, I went, you think you get the big, you know, you get the big one and you get the free refills. Yep. Except during COVID, they weren't doing free refills. So I will say we both live not terribly far off 380. You go down to cut, they would sell the bags to go like the human size bags to go, uh, where you could just come in and grab it and take it home. I got a little tip for you. This, have you heard of butter fracking? No, (laughs) (laughs) this is a pro tip from Timmy time. Who's on the show from time to time. You get your popcorn. Do you like butter on your popcorn? No. Oh, you don't? I'm a no butter guy. Oh, well you then you won't appreciate oh. this. Well, I'll tell you what it is anyway. So butter fracking. So I love butter on my popcorn. And they'll do the layering, but it's never enough for yep. me. Butter fracking is you take your popcorn, you take a straw, you put it down the middle of the bucket of popcorn, you put the straw underneath the butter, you hit the butter through the straw, and then you raise the straw. You get even distribution. It's butter fracking. I thought you were going to say you cut holes in the straw, and it just spills out. <laughs> oh, even, even better. That. Even I, better. I, yeah, never that. It was always funny for me when I was CrossFitting pretty actively in 13, 14, and we were trying to go to regionals. And I, I mean, this is like between January and July, I had maybe one glass of wine and like one cheat meal, like no cheats. But for me, I'd still go to the movies on Sunday night, get my popcorn, no butter. But I would take, because I love the candy, I would take a pack of dark chocolate almond butter into the movie theater with me. Oh, and wow. so I'd eat the popcorn and then tear a little bit off the dark chocolate. So I at least had the feeling of the M&Ms and popcorn. That's a pro tip. Yeah, I like to do the the Milk Duds yep. popcorn combo. It's Very like good. It's like caramel popcorn. Yep. It's incredible. Well, Jake, this has been amazing. Tell people how they can connect with you. Yeah, best way is competeeveryday.com. I'm most active myself on Instagram, and you can find it at Compete Every Day, or mine is Jake Thompson Speaks. But competeeveryday.com will have links to my book, our apparel, my podcast. And if you're listening and you have a company, sales team, you name it, there's information about my speaking programs. Man, you're the best. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. Well, Stephen, believe it or not, that is the end of the encouragement episode, episode number 62. Yeah. Well, listen, again, the heart of our episode is just that you guys feel like you're a part of something that you're encouraged and that there's a lot going on you know, in the world and that's part of life. But really wanted to make sure that when you guys listen to the podcast that you, you felt encouraged. We just wanted to give also a special thanks to Dr. G for just spending a little bit of his valuable time and just encouraging the herd and for Kelly to share a little bit of her awesome story. No matter where you are in your trail running journey, I think you can pull a lot of takeaways from, from, from Kelly's message. Also, think, big thanks to Marcy Bazer's laugh, which you heard throughout the episode, which is, makes everyone feel warm and fuzzy <laughs> inside and and laughs and of course thanks to jake thompson for joining the big ass runner and having such a good word of encouragement for all the listeners thank you so much jake for being on 
Well, Jeff, I think that's it. I think that concludes episode number 62 of the Big Ass Runner, the encouragement episode. Uh, we just want to thank all of our listeners for, for being a part of it. Well, Stephen, I want to add one last bit of encouragement. Yeah. This is a, a quote that I love. It says, staying positive doesn't mean you have to be happy all the time. It means that even on the hard days, you know that there are better ones coming. So from us to all the big ass runners out there, we know even on hard days, there's better days coming. Hope that you feel encouraged. So with that in mind, we want to give a special thanks to our audio engineer, Steve, always keeping it the sunny side up, Saunders, uh, for just making something out of our scrambled eggs. We really appreciate all that you've done. Until then, everybody, get out there, enjoy those trails. And keep running your asses off. probably be about as good as I was. That's kind of the way it works, you know, and I I, I was below average. You know, so, whoa. So you'll probably ultimately rank somewhere around there, you know, so really, you'll excel at a lot of things, just not this. I don't want you out here shooting this ball around all day and night. All right? All right. Okay? All right, go ahead. Never let somebody tell you you can't do something. Not even me. All right? All right. You got a dream, you got to protect it. People can't do something themselves. They want to tell you you can't do it. You want something, go get it. Period.